Our scripture this morning is taken from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, and I invite you to open your Bibles to that chapter, and if you're using these blue Bibles in the chairs, it's on page 331, 331. And please rise for the reading of the word. Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, to the great, um, sorry, all the Hittite country, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Well, independent of our passage this morning and our intent to begin this series on the heroes of faith, what I found in my inbox yesterday, coming from the version verse of the day, were those same words. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It was those words that Beth and I clung to when we named our Joshua Joshua, when he was born at only 29 weeks along and three pounds and three ounces. We taped Be Strong and Courageous to the outside of his isolate as he grew over those few weeks while he was still in the hospital. And as we prepared to bring him home and were fearful about just how, how small he was and just, you know, praying that God would give him life and breath, we knew that he needed to be strong and we needed to be courageous. And God saw us through. But the good news this morning is this foundational truth is true not just for a couple like Beth and I and our circumstance with our Joshua But the truth is that every follower of Jesus can live a life that is strong and courageous by following Joshua's example of faith. You see, there are heroes of faith in the Old Testament that we can draw strength from, that we can find wisdom related to. And we still see this kind of thing in our culture today. You see, every summer seems to bring one or more blockbuster movies with heroes as big as the big screens we watch them on. We marvel, pun intended, 
at superheroes who overcome overwhelming odds to accomplish amazing feats. We learn from them and their successes and failures, and we watch and wait, wondering how good will once again triumph over evil. Guided by faith, heroes of the Bible base their actions and accomplishments upon God's enabling. They know that the strength and courage they need comes from outside themselves. By faith, they know that they need God's power and presence to fulfill the plan of God for their lives in the midst of times of uncertainty and fear and doubt. You see, Joshua wasn't perfect. And like all followers, all people in the Bible, we learn both from his flaws as well as his strengths. But what we see, particularly in Hebrews 11.1, is this, that faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That is what the ancients were commended for. In other words, faith doesn't come when we see everything clearly. Faith isn't, doesn't necessarily meet us at our point of need when the road is just clear and, and we know everything that's coming. No, faith is what meets us in the gap between our sense of what's going on in our lives and our wondering about where God is at and those times of wrestling and doubt. It's fear that can strengthen us to move forward. Faith is, or faith is what can strengthen us to move forward. You see, it's times of uncertainty that we can trust that God will never leave us or forsake us, that the one that created the heavens and the earth calls people to follow him by faith. And often that faith grows in the midst of times where we are wrestling and doubtful, where it creates a deeper dependency and reliance upon God, that when things are at their worst and most challenging, we still see that God hasn't given up on us, And broken and flawed as we are, we can still be part of his greater story. Joshua was part of God's grand story. He was the one that God would use to lead the Israelite people across the Jordan and into the promised land. He was the one that would be the avenue or conduit through which God would fulfill his long-standing promises to his people. Joshua had been with the Israelites and part of that people even when they were in Egypt while in slavery, but he had seen God show up in the powerful plagues that God used to rescue his people from Egypt. He had seen the sea parted, and he had seen God provide for his people again and again in the desert. Now, on the other side of the Jordan, prior to moving into the promised land, God speaks to Joshua, giving him words of encouragement letting him know that as he had been with Moses, he would be with him. If you look at the end of the book of Deuteronomy and then you look at the book of Joshua, you would see that there is this link and a sense of consistency that as the story of Moses had unfolded throughout the Exodus, it now would continue to unfold through Joshua. And as the narrative opens with God's command to move forward and pass through the river onto dry land, It would then relate a series of victories in various parts of the promised land, which show again and again God's power to work through someone like Joshua. You see, God had promised that he would establish his people in the land. He says, I have given the Israelites all the land that I swore to give to their forefathers, and now he would do it. But did you catch the beginning? The start of the story doesn't sound all that promising, 
Moses, we are told, has died. The one who has led his people, led the people of Israel throughout the desert wandering period for 40 years. Joshua had been second in command. Now we see a transition take place from the leadership of Moses to the leadership of Joshua. And surprisingly, it's not one of Moses' sons that is given command. It is Joshua, one of the two spies that had gone in along with Caleb almost 40 years before and trusted God's promise to lead his people into the land. Sadly, as we know that part of the story, Joshua and Caleb's faith was drowned out by the fears of other spies. People who said that the people there in the land were too big and that this was too awesome of an adventure to undertake. As a result of the counsel of the other spies, other than Joshua and Caleb, the people of God had wandered in the desert for 40 years. Now, having been trained by Moses and prepared for this role, Joshua was given a second chance to lead God's people into God's promises. The story of Joshua unfolds with Joshua's call, with sending new spies into the land. These ones come back and say that we can do it. We see throughout the story that Joshua had set up memorial stones along the way. That as they crossed the the Jordan, a stone would be placed. It was a stone of remembrance that they weren't going to go back. I don't know if you've ever had that kind of practice. Sometimes in my life I've picked up a stone and written something on it as a reminder of a turning point in my life. Sometimes there's been wrestles and wrestling and struggling with sin and, and there's that desire to just sort of put down a foundational stone that says, I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going to allow myself to be enslaved in those same addictions or struggles again. There are various turning points in each of our journeys. But what we hear and see from Joshua here is that we can lean forward and we can trust that God will move ahead of us And that as God was with Moses and as he was with Joshua, so he will be faithful and be with us. The story unfolds and shows God's faithfulness again and again. It shows specifically God's continued fulfillment of his promise to Abraham. The one in Genesis 12, he had said, I will bless you to be a blessing to others and I will make a great nation out of you and I will give you the land. Now, God would fulfill that promise. God also shows how he intervenes in the leader's life and ministry because without God's intervention, there is no way that Joshua would have been enabled to lead the people into victory. And it also shows the importance of obedience to God, that God gives us a design and direction. But if we depart from his plan, we miss out on the fulfillment of his promises. So here, God commissions his servant Joshua He leads him into the land, and he desires to root out the Canaanite people from that land, people who had turned away from God and were evil. And God wants to root that evil out of the land and replace it with people of faith and trust. So what do we see here in this chapter? We see that Joshua is called by faith to lead the people of Israel in Moses' stead to get ready to cross the Jordan River and to trust that God is about to give them to the Israelites the land. You know, Joshua's name wasn't always Joshua. It actually was Hosea in the beginning. It's Moses that renames him because the name Joshua means that Yahweh saves, the Lord saves. And Joshua would be God's chosen vehicle or instrument to lead his people 
into their salvation and into their fulfillment of the promises. Just think about Joshua's experience after the death of Moses. For 40 years or more, Joshua had been second in command, a servant of the Lord and Moses' aide. He had been there time and again when God had shown up. He was there on the Mount of Sinai when, when Moses received the Ten Commandments. We're told that Joshua, his aide, was there. And we're also told that in the, the tent of meeting, the traveling sign of God's presence that the people of God would take with them throughout their desert wandering, that while Moses would come out of the tent and communicate the people, to the people of God what God wanted of them, that Joshua would stay in the tent. He literally basked in God's presence. For a 40-year period of time, he rested there and he was renewed and strengthened by the presence of God. In every way, Joshua was prepared to move the people of God forward. Even in a time, perhaps, of fear and uncertainty, he was promised that God was with him. And that God had been, as God had been with Moses and as he had been with his people throughout the exodus from Egypt and now on the precipice of the promised land, God would be with him as he moved forward. There were various stepping stones of faith that Joshua had experienced. God's promises, his presence, his word, and his people. And much like stepping stones, we would step on to cross a river. Joshua was given those foundational experiences to undergird him and strengthen him. And he could look back and see that God had been with his people And that could prepare him and strengthen him for what was ahead. So now with Moses dead, God told courageous Captain Joshua, get ready, it's time to go in. And I don't know about you, but I always find that in any new or great venture, the first step is the hardest. But that once we take it, we find strength and footing. I know there's going to be another Indiana Jones installment coming out in about a month, one of these blockbuster types of movies and one of those great heroes. Harrison Ford is my favorite, Han Solo, Indiana Jones. I mean, come on. And I, I love the, the Last Crusade in the instance where there's a gap between Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, and where he needs to go. And he basically has to trust that there's an invisible stone in his first step. And you watch him step into the precipice, this yawning gap between where he is and where he's meant to go to. And we find that there's an invisible stone pillar underneath. He throws some sand and sees the pillars all the way across. Sometimes we don't see the way forward. But if we look back and see the way God has been with us, we can find confidence to take that step of faith that we need Sometimes that's a fearful step. I remember for almost nine years being an associate pastor in Santa Rosa. And when you're in second in command, and Greg and I share in leadership in the life of this church, but there's a way as an associate you recognize that the buck, the buck doesn't ultimately stop with you. And that's a nice feeling. And I remember taking this call in 2012 thinking, wait, you're now the lead pastor. They're going to look to you for leadership and guidance. And I remember feeling fearful about that and somewhat uncertain. I remember there was a pastor's wife here that the day that I was called to be the pastor of the church. And, and she actually said this. She says, this guy sounds all right. I like his sermon today. 
But I want to know what his wife thinks. Does she think he's ready? And Beth stepped up and said, By the grace of God, I think Mike's ready for this. And I believe he's called to this. We need those kind of people to encourage us, to affirm God's work in our life. But we also ultimately need ourselves to trust that the Lord is with us and that he is a God who fulfills his promises. And when, Moses, when Joshua trusted God for that, he found that God was supernaturally available and at work in his life, leading him forward. He found that God would give him the wisdom to think strategically, militarily, and to ultimately accomplish victories in the midst of various battles. And that God would be the one to distribute the land for the people's welfare, making sure that people's needs were met. And that after the land was conquered, God would be with his people if they would only trust him. At each and every twist and turn, Joshua was given new opportunities to place his faith and trust in God. And what we see is that God, that, Jesus, that Joshua is called by faith in the Lord's promises to rest in what the Lord was going to do. To not trust in himself, but to lean upon God and his promise to give people land and space. You see, ever since the Garden of Eden, God was a God who was about creating space and place to meet with his people and to get to know them and build a relationship with them. The reason he gave the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve was so that they had this space and place to know God and grow in him. And so now he wants Joshua to place his faith in the Lord's promise to give space and place for the people to get to know God. That's what our sanctuary is here for. Space and place to know God. But the good news is God is present everywhere. He is omnipresent. And so he would even tell Joshua that I will give you every place where you will set your foot. That's an amazing promise for Joshua. But think about its application for our life. That the Lord would give you every place you you step your foot. That the Lord goes ahead of you when you come back into your home after a long day and you're not always sure what awaits you in your home, whether there's a crisis at hand, whether the kids or grandkids are acting up or behaving well. You might go into a day at work where you're worried about a meeting that is ahead or the challenge of a coworker that you've been wrestling with how to connect with. You may wonder about going across your street and meeting that new neighbor If you were to apply that promise that the Lord gives you the space and place where you set your foot, how would that increase your faith? If we go and minister to people across the street in the apartment complex, do we trust that the Lord is the one who goes ahead of us and he actually gives us the spaces and places that he leads us into? Students that have one more week of school left, Do you trust that Jesus actually goes ahead of you into your campus? That he would give you the spaces and places and lead you into a sense of his presence, even in those hard days of school, even when difficult finals await? Do we trust that God is with us on the days of graduation, the birth of new life, the start of a new job, as well as with us in the times of facing a surgery that we're fearful about? the loss of a job, or other difficult transition. Has somebody that's been a pillar of faith for you, like Moses was for Joshua, passed on, and you wonder how you're going to be able to follow God without that person in your life? 
The good news is it was never about, jo- but never about Moses for Joshua. And it's never about that other person for you. It's actually God working through that person for you and with you. The Lord would promise to Joshua that I will be with you as I was with Moses. Just as I worked in his life, I'm going to work in your life. Just as God worked in the life of those predecessors of faith and those pioneers of faith in your life, he promises to be with you and to lead you into the spaces and places that you are going into. He says, as I was with Moses, again, I will be with you. I will sustain you. I will strengthen you. I will undergird you. And then that amazing promise that I will never leave you or forsake you. It's a promise that we can sometimes take out of context, thinking, okay, you know, I'm just going to take this to be true. God's never going to leave me or forsake me. But what I want you to do today is think about that context that you are in right now. Not separating the verse out from Thomas, but trusting that that was true for Joshua, but it's also true for you, no matter what you're facing. No matter what is ahead of you, no matter what you're worried about, those things that threaten to undo you, God is a God that can lead us into places of victory. And God is a God who can lead us into places of peace. He's not about just destroying people and and, you know, the, the people that were there prior to the Israelites coming, he's about leading them into victory so that he could be exalted and honored as the one true God. And he is about rooting out evil. Similar to leading the Israelites into the land of Canaan and removing those people. God wants to remove any evil that remains in us. The sin that can be rooted deeply in us. God wants to dig that out, remove it, and replace it with his presence, and with his peace. Friends, hear these words once again today. I will be with you. It was the secret of Joshua's success, and it continues to be the secret of the success of the church. Recall that Jesus would say, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And lo, or surely, I will be with you to the very ends of the age. Friends, the promise still stands. A promise that God will not give up on you. A promise that he will not forsake you. A promise that he will stick with you through thick and thin, a promise that he wants us to enjoy in and through the enjoyment of his presence. You see, every hero of faith recognizes that without the enabling and empowering presence of God, it is not going to work. Without a personal encounter with God, rather than resting on somebody else's faith, you will not be renewed and strengthened and you will not become the hero of faith that God is calling you to be. A hero of faith must be aware of God's intimate presence. A potential hero of faith must demonstrate hunger and thirst for the living God. A hero of faith, somebody who exhibits faith and trust like Joshua, recognizes that they are utterly dependent on the intimate presence of God. For as Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. God is saying to us, don't try to do life without me. Rather, Joshua's faith in the Lord's promise enabled him to be strong and courageous, to be careful to obey all of the law, not just some of it, and to be a person of the word. 
Where do you need to hear that promise in your life right now? Where do you need strength and courage? Is it as a grandparent or parent? Is it as a, a worker? Is it as a neighbor or friend? Is it in the midst of that challenging health diagnosis you've gotten? In every area of our life and aspect and season we find ourselves in, we can hear these words anew and afresh. If you've forgotten them, you're in good company because we all tend to forget them from time to time. And if you allowed them at some point in your life to go in one ear and out another, notice that the Lord repeats it three times in the passage because he knows we're slow, as perhaps Joshua was slow. Three times he says to him, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous, he says. Be strong and courageous. And then he adds, do not be afraid. Words that occur more than a hundred times in Scripture. I trust that Joshua was fearful and afraid. And that that was why the Lord repeated his promise. And the good news is that God repeats that promise for you today. He invites you into a place of strength and courage. And he invites you to not allow the word of God to go void, but instead to allow it to be your source of strength and courage. Do not allow this book of the law to depart from your mouth, he says. Meditate on it day and night so that you might be careful to do everything written in it. The word meditate actually means mutter. It means just kind of speaking it under your breath again and again. And I don't know about you, but instead of the word of God, I'm often prone to mutter my frustrations throughout the day. God, I'm tired. I'm weary. Why isn't this changing? I'm frustrated. And and I allow that to cycle through in what I'm muttering. And it becomes what I meditate on. But what if you were to mutter instead that the Lord is with you, that you can find strength and courage as he enables you? Friends, don't allow this book of the law, don't allow the word of God to depart from your mouth. Remember it and speak it over and over again. Allow that to be the tape that plays as the soundtrack of your life and you'll start to live differently. Do not allow that word of God to, to, you know, to leave your life, but instead meditate on it, mutter it, allow it to penetrate and permeate your life and you will find yourself strengthened and encouraged because that's what Joshua did and the good news in the end we find that it will result in several things it says it will result in being prosperous and successful and we might read that at first and think oh cool I'm gonna have money I'm gonna have possessions I'm gonna have goods this is gonna be awesome but it's more about a spiritual prosperity a peace and restfulness a success that isn't the world's kind of success Success, rather, that is an expansion and growth of the kingdom of God. There's an invitation there that will result in not being terrified or discouraged. And we're all prone to be terrified. We're all prone to be discouraged at one time or another. The antidote for Joshua and for us is to know that the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And just as God continued to call Joshua to be a light that reflected his presence, he also wants to be continually present in us and allow us and enable us as his people to shine his light in the world around us today, to reflect his character and to reflect his likeness and finish well in life as somebody who may not feel very heroic today, 
but through God's grace and mercy can become that hero or heroine of faith that God calls us to be. Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you Lord turn his face toward you and 